0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you here. Thank you for those of you who are in the room, those of you tuning in online from your living room. We're waving to you. I'm waving to my daughter tonight who's watching. Hey, Callie. Um, So glad to have you uh, here with us or dialed in. If you happen to be new, I met a couple of you that are new tonight. We want to invite you to download our free app. Uh, That's a great way to kind of let us travel with you throughout the week. You can get playlists. You can get past sermons. You can see what's coming up and events that are there. You can also fill out our connection card. So if you happen to be new, we would love to connect with you. And we know connecting at a new place is kind of challenging at times. So this is our opportunity to maybe follow up with you over the next couple of weeks. And we want to invite you to the 10-minute party, which is right back here. I'd love to meet you and just kind of hear your story a little bit. So it is how long? 10 minutes or less. Like, that's the deal. And you get free popcorn. And I'm not talking like... It's the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. So we would love to give it to you tonight. We'll meet you back there at the end of service. And uh, if you are kind of yesterday we got to hang out with a lot of our volunteers. so if you are a volunteer around here, you are our superheroes and we are very appreciative of you. And if you're a volunteer with us and you weren't with us yesterday, here's the crazy thing. we have popcorn for you too because we missed you yesterday. At, we rented out Roadhouse and had a great time. So in this like black bag over here it looks like Santa but it's a trash bag. It's actually bags of popcorn for you as a volunteer. So if that's you, you feel free to snag one on the way out tonight. But we're glad to have you here. So uh, every week we start and we kind of pray for the church of the week, uh, which is Light the Way Church and Pastor Dale. And uh, we want to pray for him and for them tonight. But we also want to take a moment uh, at the beginning of our service to, to pray for Ukraine. And everything that's going on there, uh, you've seen the news, you know. Uh, We have a very special connection uh, with that, that uh, Anya, there's Anya. Wow, that was perfect timing. Anya is from Ukraine, and that's how Lyle and Anya's love story started. So if you didn't know that, now you know a little bit. And uh, it's been with a heavy heart this week. I know I've had lots of family and friends asking, how's Anya? How's her family? And so we just, you got a lot of people praying for you and praying for your family and so we want to take time tonight to start. So if you're at home, we just ask that you dial in. If you're here, I'm going to ask that you'd stand up. We'll pray for the Church of the Week. Ask Lyle to pray for us in English. And uh, we want to pause, and as Anya prays in Ukrainian, we want to invite you to pray with us on behalf of the brothers and sisters that we have in Ukraine. We want to take a moment, and then we're going to dive into worship, and and, uh, worship is a part of prayer. It's part of our spiritual warfare of us praying. So we're asking for God to be active in our midst tonight, and we're asking for him. He's big enough to be active all around the world, all at the same time. And so let's pray together tonight, and then we'll dive in.
1: Lord, we come to you tonight and we thank you for the work that you want to do in this service. We thank you for how you want to move in this place. Uh, and sometimes when we come to worship, there's, there's heavy things on our heart based on what's going on in our lives. And other times there's just heavy things going on in the world. And so we can just stop for a moment to acknowledge that um, that the world is, is a place in crisis right now. And that there are people who, uh, for many of us, we're just kind of awakened to the suffering that's going on. And so uh, when we get overwhelmed and we feel like there's not much we can do, we got to remember that our prayers uh, can go where we cannot. That there's no borders, there's no door that's closed to us when we pray. And that's why we want to lift up the nation of Ukraine. Um, we have direct connections there and there's, there's people in this church who funded mission trips when Anya and I went to go serve uh, soldiers who were on the front lines to tell them that Jesus loves them just several years ago. Uh, and, for us to to have friends who are are next to places that are on the news because they've been blown up and because there's fires raging and toxic fumes and all of that. God, you, you know where all of our friends are. And we're just going to continue to pray that you would keep them safe. God, that uh, you would protect civilians and people who are are hunkering down in shelters. God, that you would provide the food, the water, the things that they need uh, to to continue through it. Uh, We've got a friend that we haven't heard from in several days and we're praying for her, for her daughter who, is reliant upon medication that they haven't had, that they were supposed to receive days ago. And uh, it hasn't happened yet, God. Uh, And it's easy to feel overwhelmed in those moments. And then we stop and remember that we serve the God of the angel armies. And scripture is full of examples where your people went out to battle and they didn't even lift a weapon because the angels intervened and they did what they needed to do, where enemies were uh, turned against each other and, and just confused and fighting. We saw instances in scripture where people armed themselves with their worship, that's their warfare, and you fight for them, God. And so that's what we're asking, is that you would fight for people in all of this, that there would be a way for peace to take place and people could lay down their arms and this could be over, God. We wanna see that happen quickly. And we don't wanna forget the Church of the Week, so we pray for them. Uh, We lift up uh, the Church of the Week and Pastor Dale, and uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the church. Uh, It's not on the slides in the back, but uh, God, you know the church and we we care about the church here in Tucson and we wanna see great things happen uh, as you work in this city. And so would you be with Pastor Dale as he leads his congregation? Would you be with the church uh, that they would just have a clear-cut vision of how you want them to impact their community here in Tucson and how we can all work together to bring the gospel to people?
2: And I'm going to pray for the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, and the military who defend right now our cities. Uh, in my own language, Ukrainian, Господь, Ти я цар свого, і ми проходим перед Тобою святий народ. Ми дякуємо Тобі, тато, що ми всі разом можем поклонятися Тобі одному перед одним, твоїм святим лицям. Ми схилиємося і ми дякуємо Тобі за Твою силу. Ми дякуємо ти за те, що ти достойний через цю ситуацію ти прославишся. Господь, ми приходимо перед Твоїм святим лицем і молимося за президента Зеленського. Ми просимо, щоб ти дав йому всю необхідну силу, щоб ти дав йому мудрість, щоб ти дав йому відпочинок, щоб ти дав йому перемогу, Господь, і всім тим, хто знаходиться в його оточенні. Бог, ми просимо тебе за кожного солдата, який зараз боронить Україну. Ми просимо тебе, Господь, щоб Ти ще було ще більше свідоцтв, коли вони приходять, Господь, вони відчувають твою неймовірну силу, що ти that you stand with them, that you protect them, God, give them strength, give them courage, strength, God, and give them to see you in this battle. God, all glory belongs to you, we love you, and everyone said Amen.
3: All right, Elements, we're going to sing out of the hope of who Jesus is tonight. Amen. Church! Treasures, You can have it all, Lord.
4: Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe on. This side that is now yours.
3: we pray for your presence in this place to move in a great way. God, we wanna be your church, we wanna commit to serving you with everything we have, that this world would change, that this kingdom would come. Use us, Father. We love you, we sing to you with what we've got to offer tonight. I just want to repent tonight, man. I want to give you my all. Gosh, and I know when I'm joined in this room by so many others that that want to do the same. And yet it always seems like when my eyes look up looking for Jesus, my eyes look up looking for you, I just get distracted. from the very innermost part of my being, from our innermost part of our being as a church, Lord, we wanna say, we wanna follow you. Whatever that looks like, Lord, I ask that you would break our hearts for the things that break yours. And that you would use us as vessels for your word, as building blocks for your kingdom that with so many counterfeit ideas of who you are, that we would stay true to the blood of Christ, and the sacrifice that you gave, and the reality that you pursue us each and every day with plans to prosper. So Father, I ask as a church, Lord, that we would lay down our arms, battles that we fight each day that we would follow you that we would look to you that our strength would come from you so be with us we anticipate with grand expectation the work that you'll do in our lives and in the lives of this community and in the world around us exciting stuff. Father, I pray that you would be with Jack tonight as he comes and continues our, our series on, on following, following you, Father. I just pray that each person that walked in these doors would take home a little piece, uh, something that would reside uh, within us that we would just be constantly thinking about this week, that you would use it to change us and to, to evolve us and, and uh, just to, to be more like your son. I thank you for each person that's in here tonight. You have a reason, you have a purpose for each and every one of them, including myself. So teach us, move us. We love you. You're so worthy of our praise, so worthy. Amen. You guys can have a seat.
0: Amen. <clears throat> what and who you put your faith or trust in really matters. What or who you put your faith, your trust in really matters. It's 2016, right? Flash back a little bit. Some of you remember that. Some of you, uh, you were really young. Some of you were just a little bit younger. 2016. Anyone ever been to Knott's Berry Farm? Come on. Knott's Berry, the cheap place. Disneyland, you can't afford Disneyland. Knott's Berry Farm, you can afford, you go there. And there was a ride that got stuck. Anyone ever been in this ride before? Uh, It's uh, one of those circular ones that kind of circles around and goes around. They uh, they went up, goes up about 170 some feet. On the way down, descending, it got stuck and stuck to the point 148 feet up in the air that they couldn't figure out how to get. And so fire crews came in, and they figured out they were trying to get like an engine ladder to go. There was just no way it was going to get up there. And so eventually they realized it's nighttime, it's getting dark, and they were going to have to lower the 20 people that were stuck in this ride, including seven children, 148 feet down. And so the fire crew chief went up, and he was trying to convince the 20 people in this ride, hey, um, listen, we have this special rope for firefighters that you can't buy at Ace Hardware. Uh, In fact, this is the Kern mantle rope. And I don't know if you know much about rope, but let me tell you about this rope. This rope is like specially made for situations like this. In fact, this rope alone, one piece of rope, which is longer than this. This is just a sample size. uh, One piece of this rope can hold 9,000 pounds. Pounds, And he starts naming off, like, these tractor instruments and small cars that, like, they've held with this rope, as he's telling especially these seven children, this rope and me is all you need. See, what and who you put your faith in really matter. See, if the fire chief had gone up with just, like, some normal yarn that you would buy at... Uh, Joanne's fabric and said hey listen I've got some yarn here and we're gonna have to lower you down 148 feet so what I need you to do is believe really hard that we can do that. In fact we're gonna take the next 30 seconds and just sit in silence and we're gonna believe really really hard that this is gonna work. How many of you would sign up for that? No. None of you would sign up for that. If you did, then we have some counseling available uh, to, for you uh, because that is not good. Um, like, that's not wise. And so, you would look at that and you go, no no no, 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 that's yarn. Like, you're not going to lower me down with yarn because I know that ain't going to work. No matter how much belief I can muster, the reality is what or who you put your trust or your faith in really, really matters. And I want you to keep that in mind as we pick up with the series, Follow. And, and kind of what we started this series with last week is just looking at this beautiful reality that Jesus' invitation to people, whether they were rich or poor, whether they were religious or non-religious, whether they believed in God or didn't believe in God, his, his simple call to them was simply this, hey, uh, f- follow me. Like it just wherever they were in their life, it was just follow me. That was the simple invitation Jesus had, and we even kind of gave a a few pointers last week where we said, hey, listen, uh, being a sinner does not disqualify you from following Jesus. It's actually a prerequisite. Like, that's the reality of things. Being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you. Active following actually forces me to focus on me and not on the other people around me, where I don't spend time judging what they're doing or what they're up to. I actually spend time with me and what I'm up to and my next step, because that's really the call of Jesus. And we want to spend this time in this series kind of looking at a real simple reality. Uh, Am I following Jesus? Like, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're you're a believer and you're a Christian, then I might suggest that that may be the basic, best question you can ask yourself every single day. Hey, Jesus, how can I follow you today? Like, what's my next step in that? If you're searching out spiritual things, and maybe you came here and someone promised you dinner, and I hope they take you to a great dinner, Uh, but like, you're here, and, and I think it's awesome that you're just investigating your spiritual faith. In fact, we want to be a place where you don't have to be part of the convinced to belong. Because I think that's where Jesus meets every one of us, and where he meets people is to say, hey, would you just follow me? And so we're gonna look into this story that's one of these early followers' stories, early disciples, those earliest of disciples that were following after Jesus, kind of their beginning story. Last week, we looked at Matthew and how Jesus called Matthew and kind of where he was at and what things, and he just kind of took that next step with Jesus. And, and today, I wanna talk about this idea of stepping forward. And, and I wanna unpack this story. We're gonna look at it in two different accounts. You know, uh, if you've been around the Bible at all, that in, in the New Testament, uh, we have four accounts of Jesus' life biographies, so to speak. Matthew's writing mostly to a Jewish audience, people who knew kind of the, the Torah, they knew the Jewish history, they kind of understood that, and Jesus is the Messiah that's coming. He's trying to connect the dots for them. Uh, Mark actually spent a ton of time with Peter, and he's the one that actually records Peter's encounter of Jesus and his story and his life with Jesus. So, so that's the gospel of Mark, and most scholars believe Mark was the first one written. And then Luke comes along, and he does this intense investigation. Luke a doctor and so like he crosses all the i's and you know crosses the t's dots the i's like he does research and interviews tons of people and he's writing to this gentile audience and john writes his account as an eyewitness of those who followed after jesus early early on you're going to read part of john's story here and so if you have your bible you can go uh, to matthew we're going to see matthew's quick account of this in fact we're going to read matthew's story and you're going to be like what that doesn't even make sense because it just seems ridiculous. And then we're going to look at Luke's story. Because Luke, I told you, interviewed a bunch of people. He actually gives a lot of background to this. Which then you go, oh, that makes much more sense than Matthew's account. So here's Matthew's account. It's real short. I'm just going to read it. We're going to breeze through it. Okay, you ready? Matthew's account. This is Matthew chapter 4. If you have the app, you can go down to Sermon Notes. Follow along. Matthew chapter 4. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew four eighteen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. What? Like some dude walks up in sandals and you're working and then you stop working. Hey, follow me. And you just walk off the job. It gets worse. Verse 21 Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their dad. They're in the boat with their dad. Preparing their nets, Jesus called them, and immediately they ditched their dad, left their boat, and they followed Jesus. Anyone ever read this account and gone, that's crazy? Like, who does that? Some guy just walking by, some rabbi, okay, even rabbis are popular in that day. Who just says, come follow me, and they drop everything and leave? Like, that doesn't seem spiritual, that seems irresponsible, doesn't it? to ditch out on the family business? And so now let's go to Luke chapter five, and I think we'll help fill in the story a little bit. There's actually more going on here than Matthew's account, because remember Matthew, he's writing to a Jewish audience, and so they kind of understand how things work, but we as a non-Jewish audience kind of look in and go, well, that doesn't even make any sense. So here's Luke's account of this, and we'll kind of pick some things along the way. Uh, Luke, remember, is saying, Listen, I, I, I interviewed a bunch of people, I, I've looked at this, I'm giving you a solid account on the life and the ministry, the resurrection of Jesus, and I want you to see that I've, I've researched this and I'm letting you know. In fact, actually, let me show you a quick little map here. So on the left side of this is the map of kind of Jerusalem area, kind of the whole nation of Israel, and you're going to see at the very top middle is the Sea of Galilee. Now, what you have to understand is this is a sea. It's not like a big lake. I don't know if you're from Minnesota. You're like, yeah, that's a lake. No, listen, uh, listen, uh, this is a sea. It's actually, then you have the Jordan River that goes down into the Dead Sea, which seems bigger, but nothing lives in the Dead Sea. Why? Because it's dead. Okay, so um, actually, science is actually showing that some life is coming back. That's a separate story. Okay, so like this whole ministry area, Jesus's entire ministry happens on this map and it changed the world. I got to go out on the Sea of Galilee a few years back with a few pastors as we traveled through Jerusalem, and so this is a picture on the top right of the sunset on the Sea of Galilee. That's us on the boat. This is also where one of the pastors poured out a bottle of water and said, everybody walk on it. Don't you wanna say you walked on water like Jesus? And we were like wah, wah, wah. Okay, um, but that's the Sea of Galilee. I want you to keep that in mind because the reality is this is a very big sea. You could go there. In fact, we're trying to plan a trip for Elements folks to go in a couple of years, and so keep that on your radar. But there's a lot of stories that happen around the Sea of Galilee. And here's Luke's account of that story we read in Matthew, what unfolds, and I want to pull out some practicality for us, some application for us. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of the or the Sea of Galilee, another name for it, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Jesus is teaching. He's at the edge of the Sea of Galilee, and he's teaching the people are crowding around. My hunch is his feet are beginning to get a little wet. Rabbis usually sit down to teach, but he's at the edge, and so they're there. He's drawn a long, a a, a big crowd is gathered around. They're following Jesus and listening to him. See, following Jesus always begins, not when you leave your world, your whole lifestyle, and turn everything upside down. It always begins with listening, with content, with information, with searching out who this Jesus is because real faith, real Christianity is built on truth. It's built on teaching, it's built on learning, it's built on listening. It's not built on blind faith and you just gotta believe enough. In fact, you ever find yourself in a situation like that or friends who are in a situation like that or a church like that, run. That's called a cult, you got to have things built on truth. See, what or who you put your faith in really matters. And so Jesus is there teaching. He's standing by the water's edge. He saw at the water's edge, two boats and some fishermen nearby who were washing their nets. And washing their nets simply means like they didn't have a fishing pole like you and I have when we go to Lake you know, Roosevelt or something. They've got these nets, and that's what they use to fish with. And so they're cleaning the nets, taking off the seaweed, pulling out the beer cans, all that kind of stuff, getting it out, rolling it up. They're getting ready to go home because that's what they've done. You fish at night, not during the day. Keep that in mind. And so they're there for ferrying their nets, and they're working with this, and they're leaning in, maybe listening to Jesus. And Jesus whispers to Peter, one of the owners of the boat, hey, Peter, I I know it's a little bit of an inconvenience, but could I borrow your boat? I I just need to borrow your boat a little bit. Could I borrow your boat and just kind of go out a little bit? Because Jesus, the creator of all things, knows acoustics and how sound actually travels over water and can carry further And so the people don't have to strain to hear him. I I need to sit down and teach. And so would you just let me push out? We don't know if Peter's in the boat with him or if Peter kind of tied a rope and let Jesus go out a little bit. And Jesus sits down and he teaches the people. And this is the scene that's unfolding in this encounter. Following always begins with listening. Faith is built around content and information. Getting your questions asked and answered That's where it begins. And so Jesus is teaching, and now he's finished teaching. Verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Peter, you've done this a thousand times. You're a professional fisherman. I'm asking you to do it one more time. What you're gonna find That this is different. What's interesting, if you were Peter and you've been leaning in, maybe listening for the last hour, hour and a half, two hours, we don't know how long Jesus' sermon went, longer than mine, just gotta go, be relaxed. But he's leaning in and cleaning the nets hearing, Jesus, or Peter, can I borrow your boat? Oh, okay, Jesus, I'll let you borrow the boat. It pushes it out there a little bit. He's teaching, he finishes teaching. Peter, thanks for letting me borrow your boat. Hey, Peter, will you push out into the deeper water? Let's go fishing. It's interesting, it's that moment. It's a moment where maybe you've sensed in your own life, a moment where God has said, hey, will you try this? Hey, will you do this? And in that moment, you have an invitation to go, ah, I don't know. If I was Peter, you know what your natural tendency would be? We have fished all night. In fact, that's what he says in the next verse. In fact, what he says is, master, Listen, I know you're a rabbi. A master is kind of this respectful greeting. Master, like, I know you're kind of a big deal. I've been eavesdropping in. I've been listening a little bit, and a lot of that makes sense, and it's kind of sounds powerful, but listen, I know your backstory a little bit, and I know you grew up as a carpenter. Uh, why don't you leave the fishing to the fishing guys? See, what you have to remember is, It's the Sea of Galilee, not a lake, not a pond. And the reality of sea fishing with a net is that it's in the cool of the evening, at night. That's why you fish all night, that the fish come up to try to get the warmth near the surface. And when it's hot during the day, the fish dive deeper, and so a net doesn't reach them. And so you never see someone fishing in the middle of the day. But Jesus is making this request of Peter. Hey, Peter, I know it's different. I know you've done this a thousand times. Would you do it one more time? And would you trust me to do it the way I'm telling you? Peter could have said a whole bunch of things in that moment. What does he say? Master, we've worked hard all night. and We haven't caught anything. I know you're a carpenter. Uh, I tell you what, clearly you don't know about fishing. And I don't think this is going to turn out real well. And, and I don't understand why we're doing this, but there's something about what I've listened to the last hour and a half or so. There's something about what I've been leaning into as I've been cleaning my net. That There's something about you. I, I... Because you say so, I'll do it. And that becomes Peter's moment. Jesus, because you say so, I will. Not because I think we're going to catch any fish. Not because I don't, think this is, or I don't think this is going to work out. Not because I don't think this is going to harm my reputation and I'm going to hear about it, the jeers and the, the side jokes I'm going to hear when I get back. Because nobody fishes during the day, Jesus. Stick the carpentry. But because you say so, we'll give it a go. It's interesting. It's this decision moment. And friend, you have one. In fact, you're gonna have one this week. And you're gonna have one the next week. And you're gonna have one the next month and the next year, and so am I too. See, the idea of following after Jesus isn't praying a prayer So I get the Willy Wonka golden ticket and I go to heaven when I die. The idea of following Jesus is this active, intentional, ongoing decision of following Jesus. Like into my next steps. And this is Peter's next step. Peter, you're eavesdropping. Hey, can I borrow your boat? Okay. Hey, can we go fishing? Like right now. Let's go fishing right now. Jesus, this isn't the time to go. But because you say so, I'll give it a shot. What's interesting is if, if Jesus could have dropped a screen, a computer screen, brought up a laptop that no one ever seen in that moment, and fast-forwarded into Peter's life, this is the moment where Peter begins to walk to the journey and destiny of becoming Saint Peter that we all read about and know about. And like this is the moment where it all hinges for him he could have said no, folded up his nets and gone home. No, no, I let you borrow the boat, that's enough. You ever been to St. Peter's Basilica outside of the Vatican? It's huge. It's massive. It's one of the, the best artworks of the whole Renaissance period. It took 118 years to build, said to be built over top of Peter's bones. 118 years to build a building to a guy who in a moment had a decision to make. Friend, you never know what hangs in the balance of the little decisions that Jesus is asking you to trust him with. You never know. And what you want is to be to a place where your heart is like Peter. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know, and I don't think it's going to work out. But Jesus, because you say so, I'll give it a go. Because you say so, we'll try it. You can read on in the story. They go out, they lower the nets. The nets haven't even been lowered even a few minutes. And the catch of fish is so vast and so heavy that they have to call to their partner boat, James and John, who are their partners, who are cleaning their nets just as well, to come out and help them haul in the fish and the catch. And both boats get so filled with fish, these giant wooden boats become overflowing with fish, that they begin to even sink as they try to row to shore. And in that moment, you know what Peter doesn't yell? Peter doesn't yell, Woo! I don't got to work for the next month! He doesn't yell that. I might have yelled that. Someone find a refrigerator truck. Right? You know what Jesus, what Peter's next phrase out of his mouth is? Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Go away from me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what is going on. But this don't happen. Like this never happens. And he's gone from respectful master to reverent. Lord, I can't be near you. And in this moment, Peter realizes who Jesus is and who he is, and maybe more importantly, who he's not. And in this moment, he has a moment of like a come to Jesus moment, literally, I I can't explain what just happened. I I don't know. And I I can't be in your presence. They row into shore. They get out of the boat. And Jesus has a simple line. Everyone's astonished. They've never caught anything like this. Verse 9, verse 10, James. And Jesus says, Peter, Simon there, he hasn't changed his name yet. Don't be afraid. From now on, we're going to catch people. You can follow me. And James and John and Peter and Andrew. Leave everything. Well, that makes much more sense than Matthew's account. Like, there seems to be a lot more there of what's unpacked than just let's ditch mom and dad, give her a hug for me, let's take off. There's something awakening within Peter, within Andrew, James, and John. In this moment, this epiphany, this reality that is blowing their mind, all because Jesus is inviting them along. Come follow me, one step at a time. And you know what they did? They stepped forward into each one. Here's the four phases you see in this story. Phase one is just sit and listen. They're cleaning their nets. They're just listening. They're sitting there. They're kind of taking care of business. They're leaning in, and that might be some of you. Maybe you're coming back to church for a while. You haven't been. Maybe you're watching online. You're like, "Ah, I just feel like I've been missing something. You're just kind of leaning in. Then, friend, I want to encourage you just to continue to sit and listen. I think that might be your next step that Jesus is inviting you to, to say, hey, would you just investigate me a little bit? And then there's going to come a time where he's going to say, hey, can I borrow your boat? Which is just a simple invitation of like, hey, listen, I know I'm now going to ask you something that's maybe a little bit inconvenient, a, a little bit different or out of the norm than what you would usually choose or what you would normally do or your normal routine. But I'm going to ask you just, to, can I borrow your boat? I'm not trying to steal your boat. I'm not trying to take your boat for days. I'm not trying to rent your boat. I just need to borrow it for this like, hour that I'm teaching. Can, can I just have a little bit of space into your life, into your relationship, into your family, into your finance, into whatever it may be? Can, I just, can you just trust me with a little bit? Can we just experiment with this? And it's going to come that moment where Jesus is just asking you, And for some of you, that might be simple as, okay, you've been around church, you've been sitting and listening for a while, you've been tuning in online for a while, and and you hear us talk about e-groups and like community and getting connected. You're like, ah, I don't have time for that. That's an inconvenience. And I want to say to you, friend, is that your next step? Uh, Sure, you can sit and listen. But if all you do is sit and listen, then you miss out on the adventure that could be awaiting you. And you never know what you're missing out on if you don't say yes to the invitation of the next step. Jesus is saying, would you step forward? Sit and listen when you need to. Can I inconvenience you a little bit? Hey, 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 now that I've inconvenienced you a little bit, maybe for some of you, you're like, I've never read the Bible. I've never read the New Testament. Maybe that's an inconvenience for you. Well, maybe that's the next step for you. For some of you, it might be just getting connected and being involved, maybe just making Sundays a regular part of your day and a regular part of your week, tuning in. And for the next phase of this, Jesus turns to Peter and says, okay, I inconvenienced you a little bit. I borrowed your boat. Hey, 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 can we do something that you've done a thousand times, but I'd like you to do it a little bit differently? I know you think you know how to manage your relationships, but I've got an idea about your relationships. Could we just try it this once? I know you feel like you can manage your finances this way, and you've done really well with that, but could, could you just trust me a little bit with your finances? Hey, I know you've trusted, like you've built your family, you've built your career, you've built your occupation all around this, and you've got to be, hey, 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 would you just trust me? I know you've done it a thousand times, but would you trust me this one time? And let's just do it my way this time. Let's just see what happens. And in that moment, you're like, Peter, I'm like Peter. I I could easily push the pause button and say, no, 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 you're a carpenter, I got this. No, 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 no. Like, I let you have a little bit of the inconvenience, I read the New Testament, I started going to church, now you're trying to ask me, like, to do other things, and eh, I don't know. Or like Peter, you could get to a place in your own spiritual journey where maybe your next step is, (sighs) all right, because you say so, I'll try it your way. Uh, Because you say so, I'm gonna try relationship this way. Because you say so, I'm gonna try maybe managing finances this way. Because you say so, I'm gonna try to maybe do my business deals a little bit more the way you would want me to do it. Because you say so, I'm going to give it a try. And for some of you, you attempt that long enough and there might be some workings that God is doing in your life and it's some miracles begin to happen, you begin to see and he's going to actually call you to the next phase, which is leave the nets phase. For some of you, you've, you've test drove this whole idea of trusting Jesus a little bit and you've started to follow and you're like, okay, I sat and I listened and learned a little bit, asked my questions, okay, I, I got inconvenienced a little bit, I got more connected in the community, and now, okay, now I've kind of actually tried a few things with Jesus. But now Jesus, like, you've at that place where you're like, ah, okay, I've done, Jesus, I've tried these three things your way, but like these five things, I, I want to hold on to management of these And Jesus is maybe calling you to say, listen, no, no. See, you see the miracles that have been happening. You see the activity that I've been very active in your life. Now I'm asking you to leave the nets behind and follow after me. See, I believe every single one of us, whether you're watching online or sitting in a red chair here or standing on a stage, every single one of us will find ourselves at one of those phases. And Jesus is going to have this invite. Hey, hey, would you follow me? Maybe it's sit and listen. (laughs) Maybe it's a little bit of inconvenience. Maybe it's the, I know you've done this a thousand times your way. Would you just do it one time my way? Or maybe it's, hey, we've been working on this for a while. You've seen me at work. Now would you just turn the keys to your life over? Let me have access to all the areas, not just these three. And maybe for each one of us tonight, it's leaning in. Friend, you and I have no idea the things that hang in the balance of our decisions with the next step forward with Jesus. So that's my encouragement to you tonight, to us tonight. What is your next step? See, you don't find these, you don't rank yourself in these phases where you go, okay, this is where I'm successful, this is where I'm failing. No, no, no. What you're trying to determine is where am I? And if this is a call to follow Jesus, what is my next step? Where is he beckoning? Where is he inviting me to step? For some of you, it's early on in the process. For others of you, you've been walking for quite some time, and maybe never come to that place where you've fully said, Jesus, I'm going all in on you. You've been trying to manage it on your own. Wherever you are in that, friend, this week you're going to have a moment where I think you're going to sense the Holy Spirit kind of tapping you in the ribs, tapping you on the shoulder, saying, hey, hey, here's the next step for you. This is the invitation." And in that moment, may you be like Peter, even with some hesitation. Okay, Jesus, because you say so, I'll step forward with you. God, we want to be those kind of followers. And I know for each person here, you've got a specific strategic whisper of invitation into our next step. And in fact, we just wanna take these next 20 seconds and catch our breath a little bit as we prepare to sing. God, we wanna know that you have this step for us to take. You're calling us out. For some of us, it might be a simple step. For others of us, it's maybe one of those steps where it's like, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to give that area up. I don't know if I want to give the rest of the areas up. But for every single one of us, there is a next step that you're calling us to. And would you give us the boldness and the courage to say yes to that? And just like Peter, that as we trust you and take that step, because here's what we know, what or who we put our faith in really matters. Ask those 20 people. Ask Peter, who in a moment made a decision and it changed his life. and the ripple effect of that decision didn't just change his life. It changed millions of lives. Billions of lives. It changed my life. God, we never know what hangs in the balance of the decisions that you bring before us, the invitations you give us where you whisper, hey, hey, would you trust me? Would you just take this step? Would you help us to be a people that our pulse quickens, our heart races in a way of excitement to say yes, because you say so, because you say so. identity began to change in that one moment. His journey, his life was never the same. I think that's the journey Jesus has for you. and He has for me. Each and every day, each and every week, there's these moments, the taps on the shoulder, the nudge in the ribs. It's the It's the call within us that you just know and you can't put your finger on it but you just sense God saying, hey, would you step forward with me? And friend, you never know what hangs in the balance for you to say yes. And I think like Peter, you'll answer at the end of your life, I never regret any decision because you say so. Let's go. So maybe that's simple. Maybe it's a little more intermediate. Maybe it's a little more advanced. Are you following? What is your next step? That's the question to wrestle with, to pray into so glad and grateful to gather together as the church. We're going to end tonight singing a song and kind of letting that commission us out. And so just a couple quick reminders. Thank you to all of you who partner with us financially. We don't pass a plate here. We've got giving boxes in the back. Most folks give online or through the app. uh, And you can do that and be a part of the mission moving uh, the church forward and kind of helping us bring and advance the kingdom of God. Um, So a couple quick things. Dudes Day. If you're a dude, you know who you are. We'd love to hang out with you at Top Golf coming up. Uh, all the information's in the app on our events. You can register and pay for there, meet us there. Uh, Marriage retreat. We're doing a marriage retreat again with Emmanuel uh, in August, the first weekend in August. We'd love to invite you. It's a $50 deposit, holds your spot, and you have between now and the end of March. So if you're married, we'd love to invite you uh, to join a few of our couples and a few of their couples as we head down to to Tubac. It's a cool resort, and it's, yeah, it's hot, but we have a great time. We had a lot of fun last year. We're gonna do that again. Uh, For some of you, maybe an e-group is your next step, and that's a way that you can get connected. We've got information for that out in the lobby uh, or a discipleship group. Those are actually getting ready to start here this week or next, and so you'll be contacted soon. But you can sign up. There's still time to say, hey, I want to do a discipleship group. Just a couple people going through some stuff. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple? and actually get into that. Maybe in an e-group, a community, we've got a couple new e-groups that are getting ready to go. And so if you're new, again, love to meet you at the 10-minute parties back there. It's less than 10 minutes. Karen's already there. We'd love to give you the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon uh, just for being here. Thanks for taking a chance on us. Thanks for dialing in online. But as we go tonight, uh, would you let this next song kind of be an anthem that just rings in your ear and in your heart this year as we look to Jesus? He's the answer for the woes of the world, for the woes of your world. He's the answer. He's the one we look to. Because remember, who or what you put your faith or trust in really matters.
3: All right, let's see those hands, church. Come on. Let's
4: close this thing out right, amen. Here we go. Salvation tearing through the dead of night. See the kingdom burst into color at the speed of light. Freedom shaking up the atmosphere. A shadow spreading into nothing as the day appears. Beyond the skies of